Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. And welcome to First Strike, First Look right here on VEASAN. I'm your host, Dave Ross. You can follow me on Twitter at DRawSports as we break down UFC 273. This fight card is going to take place in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday night. And the man who sets the numbers at Circus Sportsbook. It is always a pleasure to have Nick Klikas back on the program here on a Tuesday as we get that first look ahead. Nick, you can follow Nick at Fight Odds on Twitter as I do. Uh, Nick, what a card, man. I mean, look, you and I get excited about just all the cards that we have each and every week on First Strike. But when you have a pay-per-view, when you have UFC 273, you got title fights everywhere and then title contenders everywhere, veterans thrown out across this uh, across this board here. Let's start right at the top. When you set the numbers for Alexander Volkanovsky taking on the Korean zombie here, you got Alex at almost a, over a $7 favorite against the, the Korean zombie. We've seen big-time favorites like this in a lot of the main events in the uh, recent weeks and months here. Are you getting any buyback initially, or do you expect some to come on the challenger? I do expect it to come, but we are not receiving any buyback right now on the price on Jung. And Jung is obviously in the title shot for a reason. This guy is a phenomenal fighter, one of the best fighters in the weight class for sure by far. But that being said, stylistically, a lot of people aren't believing in him in this spot. And the line, we opened it just under 500, and now it's at minus 700. The market keeps on climbing. We're adjusting to go up with it a little bit because we are taking a lot of parlays. But as of right now, honestly, there's not a lot of bites on the dog. You know what's interesting to me, too, Nick, is when you look at the over-unders in a five-round title fight like this is, and the over is juiced at four and a half rounds, and we're seeing around $1.50, $1.55. What do you expect uh, to see the market play do there? Because, again, if you just go by those numbers, we're expecting this fight to be a five-round decision type fight. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, again, these guys are both pretty durable overall. Uh, they have the ability to take this fight to the ground, take the fight on the feet as well and do well. So it's, it's going to be one of these cases where you have two well-rounded, extremely disciplined fighters that can make it to the cards. But at the same time, they have so much firepower. We're actually getting bet on the under market-wide. If you're seeing it, it opened 4.5 over minus 200, and now it's down to 4.5, about over 50 market-wide. So the action from the public betters, his coming in on the under because I do think they think there's enough finishing ability despite the durability on this side that the under is a little bit more tempting. And I agree with it. If you, I would not lay four and a half over minus 200 at that time, it's probably the dog or pass situation. And that's why you're seeing the line kind of drop a little bit as we go. You know, I, I still can't believe Nick that uh, Volkanovsky somehow got out of those death submission attempts by Brian Ortega uh, not too long ago here. When you look at the zombie, is that the only pathway to victory for you in your eyes is that he has to get the upset by stoppage he really can't go all five rounds and expect to win on the on the judge's scorecard. 
probably that's the most common path to victory for sure. If he wins this fight, I think it's going to be probably by knockout more so than anything if he's going to pull off this upset. But that being said, I do expect it to be more competitive on the cards than most people are anticipating, though. I mean, like I said, Jung is not a bad fighter at all. I mean, he's able to point fight with people. He's able to, like I said, finish people on the ground as well. So he has that ability in him. But I think it will be competitive if he hits, hits the cards, maybe a three to two type decision win for Volkanovski. So I do think it's going to be a lot tighter than people are anticipating if it does go. So I wouldn't disrespect Jung on the cards. I mean, I think that might be a tempting prop play. If you're going to bet Jung, look for different ways to bet him, obviously, as well, to get increased blind value, if that's the case, right? So I think a lot no of people question. are going to kind of bypass that decision prop, and I think they might want to be looking at that. If you're going to bet Jung, might as well take a shot at the long shot, right? Absolutely. I think that's the right uh, right way to go to try to maximize your your betting dollar if you're going to go with the underdog there in, uh, in Chan Sung Jung. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Obviously, in the co-main event, another title bout here with Aljo, Aljermaine Sterling, back as the champion against Peter Yan. And people that remember that first fight, obviously, controversial stoppage there where uh, we basically had a uh, – had to give the fight to Sterling for a disqualification for Yan with illegal strikes. And now you look at the champion – over a 350 betting underdog here against Jan, almost a $5 favorite for the challenger. Is this one of those things, Nick, where I think people go, well, Jan would have won the first time around if he didn't get disqualified? Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. I mean, I was all over the Jan side the first fight, but it was around a pick and price. I cannot touch it where it's at right now. So I'm frustrated oh. big time by this because, you know, obviously us that backed Jan the first time around, it, it was kind of a bad beat. He was on his way to winning that fight. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but that being said, I mean, Sterling was competitive the first couple rounds, right? And we know that the typical situation in a Jan fight, I mean, he's able to kind of get better as the fight progresses, where Sterling is kind of the opposite end of that. So I think a lot of people are expecting pretty much the same thing as last time. It might be competitive early on, but as the fight progresses, Jan's going to start pulling away. And I think just a lot of people are disrespecting Sterling, believe it or not, at this price. It will be closer than people think here as well. I mean, Sterling is one heck of a fighter, man. So this line to me is kind of an eyesore, but at the same time, if you look at it, I do believe Jan's going to win this fight. And again, I think the narrative is probably pretty true. Going to be competitive early, and then as the fight goes, Jan should start pulling away. So you have to respect the Jan side, but at the same time, the line is kind of getting crazy. But the popular parlay here is definitely going to be the two favorites here. We're going to talk about another big chalky favorite here in a second, I'm sure. But that being said, <laughs> you know how many parlays are going to come in on Jan and Volkanovski? It's going to be sick. Absolutely. Uh, first strike, first look here on VEASAN, talking with Nick Blakus, the man who sets the numbers over at Circus Sportsbook. Again, follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Fight Odds. And you look at the over-under again, and I mentioned in the main event that the over has now come down to, as you pointed out, to about $1.50 market-wide here for the over 4.5. This one right now is also set at 4.5 for a five-round title fight at about a minus-135 price tag. But again, people expecting this one to go five. We know what Aljo wants to do. He wants to wrestle. The problem there is that might not be an advantage against Peter Yan on the ground. And we know that Peter Yan has the advantage on the hands. How can Aljo pull off this, and I'm putting in air quotes, upset for the champion to retain his crown? Well, I think the total is interesting. And, and another spot, it's not getting a lot of action right now market-wide. So it is staying a little bit more steady at four and a half over a quarter, over 30-ish or, or whatnot. So I think it'll probably maintain around there. I don't think it'll get steamed all that much from here. But that being said... I think Aljo has to kind of mix things up again like he did last time. I mean, he was so unorthodox, and, and his athleticism and his ability to be kind of awkward on the feet, I think, was very effective early on in that fight. So if he gets his conditioning in check, I mean, that's got to be the focus, I think, 
at the top of the line, the top of the food chain for Sterling in this fight is being able to kind of maintain that pace for three or four or five rounds steady, right? Instead of just kind of gassing it as he goes. So I think that's the path to victory for him to come out here and just kind of be himself, but kind of withstand that for a longer amount of time and try to get that third round, try to get that fourth round going his way more so than anything else. So I think Sterling also has an outside shot of knocking people out, man. I, I, he doesn't get respect on the feet. He He's so awkward that he's effective with the striking. And even though Jan has a very tough chin and he's hard to get out of there, he had a lot of success the first time around going up the middle with his knees and trying to catch Jan. And again, the size difference, Sterling is a bigger fighter too. So there is multiple ways for him to win this fight, believe it or not. But I do expect him, the biggest thing for him has to be the improvement on the cardio end. No question about it. And again, I, I'm sure that Aljo has been hearing the, 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 the talk for the last year about how you didn't deserve that crown. That's not yours. We saw them going back on social media. It, it's going to be a fascinating contest here. And again, Aljamain Sterling right now, uh, almost a $3.50 underdog against Peter Jan, almost a $5 favorite there. I cannot wait. Who can't wait to see uh, Chimaev back in the octagon? This time they're going to take on Gilbert Burns. And when you look at Cosmont here, He's almost, uh, I'm seeing 550, somewhere up close to $6 favorite over Gilbert Burns. I mean, you look at Gilbert Burns, he was running through everybody in the 170-pound division until he fought that guy named Kamara Usman, and nobody runs through him. Are you going to get buyback on Burns, or is this just now? It's smash time, and everybody's going to bet for the smash. Uh, no, we will get buyback on birds for sure. There's no question about it because the price, like you just basically explained it, man. I mean, it's so crazy, right? I have to look at this, especially with Chimaev not really being all that tested in the UFC that far, right? We know what Burns has accomplished, like you said. I mean, as a welterweight right now, he's been one of the best in the world. There's no question about it. He's such a dangerous fighter, too, because he's developing that power to go along with that world-class jiu-jitsu. So there's a lot of great things to go with Burns and the backing the dog side here. But that being said, if you look at Chimaev, I mean, he's just a freak of nature, of course. And I think the, <laughs> the hype and everything is legit, man. This guy's so physically strong. He's going to be bigger than Burns. I think on the feet, we haven't really, in the octagon at least, got to see a lot of what he can do, right? I know he's got that knockout win over Mearshart, but I think that I that's miss. what we're going to see here. We are going to see a little bit more of the striking aspect from Chimaev, and Burns is going to have difficulty taking him to the floor. So that being said, I do think he's a rightful favorite, but the line is in insane, right? really, especially I, I, regarding the situation. I'm glad you brought that up about what Burns might try to do to try to figure out a way to stop this wrecking machine at 170 pounds. Because I am actually think that the striking might be to Burns' advantage. He can throw hands, right? I know yep. we think that he wants to take this fight down to the ground. I don't know if that's the right spot for him. To that end, again, a three-round non-title fight. The over, it's right there at a round and a half. And it feels like right now, a little plus money, plus a dollar I'm seeing here if you want to bet the under. But the over's minus 130. So I think people are expecting Burns to be by far the best test that Shemaev has had so far in his very brief octagon time. Oh, there's no question. And Burns, like I said, he has developed that striking to the point where a lot of people might think he's better on the feet, but I don't I don't think he's quite there yet. I think Shemayev, again, we haven't seen it in the octagon quite yet, but I think he's got that power on the feet that could definitely clip that chin of Burns and probably put him out as well. So it is going to be interesting. But like you said, it's the biggest test by far. If Shemayev comes out here and just destroys Burns, man, he is ready. And he's going to be a scary fight for even the champion Usman, man. If he gets that shot, you know, one of the next couple fights here, that's going to be very interesting, especially if he runs through Burns like some people are expecting. If he runs through Burns, then it might be title time. And and I, I, look, I don't think Kamar Usman's scared of anybody, but this might be a different element uh, altogether that he's seen at 170 pounds. So that will be a fascinating contest.
Nick, when I look it up and down the board and I see Vince from hell, Pichelle's on this fight card, Mickey Gall's on this fight card, Biggie Boy's back against Marcin Tybura. Uh, you got Fluffy Hernandez out there. You got Aspen Ladd against Rocky Pennington. I mean, Alexi Olenek, I think he's a thousand years old. He's still fighting. Mackenzie Dern, Tisha Torres. Give me, I, I mean, I just gave you seven, eight different names there. Give me a fight that's so intriguing from you from maybe a value standpoint that you've already seen out there uh, and maybe you're seeing some action on early. Well, for me, it's Ian Gary versus uh, Darian Weeks. I think that fight is intriguing because the line opened around minus 185, and now it's all the way been bet up to a close to minus 400 market wide as well. The hype mm -hmm. around Ian Gary is sick, man. I mean, he's the next coming. I, I, it's hard to compare anybody to Conor McGregor, but you know there there is the uh, that kind of hype and <laughs> the aspect of things kind of coming into play here as well with Gary, right? The Gary side. So he's got that kind of prospectability. That being said, he's got to prove in the cage. And after his first fight, he was successful in his debut. But he didn't – I mean, defensively, he looked like he had a few issues there for sure. That being said, right. I do think the sky's the limit for him. So I do anticipate Ian Gary to look good here in this fight and come out really and kind of elevate the hype to another level after this. So Ian Gary's my prospect to watch. Okay, I'll be watching him as well. Uh, Nick, tell the people on the line on ESPN, you guys do a great job. I'm sure you've got a big show uh, slated for this week. Huge show on Thursday. Make sure you guys – Tune in. It's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. So if you don't have a subscription to UFC Fight Pass, you're missing out. It is one of the best streaming services on the planet. So if you're into fights, get that Fight Pass subscription. And we will be live Thursday. You'll get all our best bets. Myself, Yanni the Greek. And, of course, the host is Brennan Fitzgerald. It's an awesome show. So make sure you guys tune in this Thursday. I mean, Nick, between Tiger Woods on Thursday, between Major League Baseball starting on Thursday and on the line on Thursday, my goodness, what a day that's going to be. And again, we cannot wait for UFC 273, and I'll see you on Friday uh, right back for First Strike. But always appreciate your time here. Thanks for listening. Enjoy First Strike, First Look right here on VC. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.